Father, we thank you for your presence and the giftings of your Holy Ghost that is in this house. We thank you that today you have come to, O oh God, bless your people with your word. I pray that may your word fall upon a ground that is ready to receive you. The Father, your people shall be rooted in your spirit, O oh God. Rooted in your word, O oh God. That it shall yield forth the fruit unto which you have given unto them. May this church be a church of fruitfulness. May we, O oh God, experience multiplication. Multiplication in growth, O oh God. Spiritual growth, O oh God. Ah, multiplication in our faith, O oh God. The Father, we can stand. Even when the storm comes. We are not moved by what we see. We are not shaken by what we are experiencing. Because greater is the rock of ages unto which we are planted ourselves in. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Oh, give glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. I am excited. If you don't know, I want to tell you. I am happy. Oh, say to yourself, the pastor is happy. Yeah. Yeah. I am so happy because today I have the opportunity to share the word of God. And it's a word that I love to share. Amen. 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 I love everything about God's word. But this word, it does something to me. You get my point? And for the past few weeks, we've been studying, you know, as we, for the whole year, we've been going through the various, you know, um, 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 verses or various areas when it comes to the context of prayer or the pattern of prayer that Jesus Christ was teaching us from the Gospel of Luke chapter 11 all the way from verses 1 all the way down to verses 4. And this time around, for the past few weeks, my brothers and my sister have been really ministering on the subject of forgiveness. And I love forgiveness. I mean, some of you, you don't know what the Lord has done for you. Amen. If you're a pastor, you don't love to preach about forgiveness, then there's a problem. Because it's a good message. Because we will not be here if we were not forgiven. Hey, I wish I had somebody that could testify what the forgiveness of the Lord has done for them. (laughs) Say to yourself, he has forgiven me. me. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, smile, Smile. rejoice. Rejoice. Because today, today. it's about forgiveness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I have been asked to speak on the topic, Jesus the Forgiver, and I have put the subtitle, Leaving the Alabaster Jar Behind. Leaving the Alabaster Jar Behind. And as we know, our Bible reading will come from Luke chapter 11, verses 4, Mark chapter 2, verses 7, and also Luke chapter 7, verses 36 to 50. Amen. But I want us to stand and read these two quotations really quickly. If we can all stand on our feet as we read the word of the Lord together. I know time is gone, but you know me, right? If we don't finish, we'll continue. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand on our feet as I read this in Luke chapter 11, verses 4. We read it together. And forgive. Oh, say with me. And forgive forgive. us, us, our sins. For we also forgive. Everyone who is indebted to us. Amen. Mark chapter 2, verses 7. That's that verse. Just that verse. And it says, Why does why does this fellow 
talk like that. He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sin but God alone? But God alone. Oh, you didn't say amen to that. Amen. Amen. Please have your seat. The gospel of Luke reveals to us as Jesus Christ was teaching us about a pattern of prayer and teaching us about who he is and the fact that we should ask and when we ask we shall receive and all that stuff at the end came to this very place and said forgive us our sins as we also forgive those who have sinned against us. But then the story of Mark chapter 2 raises a very interesting question. Because Jesus Christ says that, I have forgiven you. But he says in the book, Gospel of Luke, chapter 11, verses 4, that forgive those who have also what? Sinned against. But then the Gospel of Mark, chapter 2, tells us that the Pharisees were confused. Because when they brought a, a, a young man before Jesus, and Jesus Christ you know, his action was that the man sins was forgiven, or the man was forgiven. They did not understand who he think he was, for him to have the audacity to forgive sin. He didn't get me here. Ha! Huh. The Gospel of Luke, chapter eleven, says that forgive us our sins, as we have also. Forgiven means that there is a role for us to also be able to what? Oh, I didn't get a church here. I didn't get a church here. Yeah, 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 yeah. There is a role for you to be able to what? Forgive. But the, but, but, but the teachers of the law were, were right because they uh, did not understand how Jesus, because they did not see him as God. And how he could be in that position to forgive. They were right to say that it is only God alone that can what? Forgive. But when Jesus Christ was teaching us about prayer, he says that forgive our sins. As we also, come on, I wish I had a church. As we also are able to what? Oh my God. There's something, is there something missing here? Going to heaven is difficult. It's because of this. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness. Going to heaven is difficult. Because of this. Hallelujah. But going to heaven is sweet. Amen. Why? Because the Bible says that there are two roads. One is wide. One is narrow. <laughs> Choose the what? The narrow road. Why? Because he doesn't want you to be confused. When it's too wide, you have too many options. But when it's too narrow, there is only one way that you got to walk through. Can I get a church here? So going to heaven is easy if you know how to abide by the word. Hallelujah. Say, I'm going to heaven. I am going to heaven. Because I will walk and I will stay on the narrow road. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 I'm not there yet. 
But the definition of forgiveness, I wanted to, there was a lot. But I want to bring some in, in for those who are taking notes. Only just for those who are taking notes. Hallelujah. If you're not taking notes, you don't need to write it down. Just keep it in your head. Amen. Hallelujah. Some people are saying amen to that too. <laughs> the Hebrew word of forgiveness is, is defined this way. To send away. To give up a thing to a person. Keep no longer. Forgiveness. The reflection of it is to be able to, you forgive to be able to go to another place. Can I continue going? Another definition says, to depart from one and leave him to himself so that all mutual claims are abandoned. To go away, leaving something what? Behind. I want you to remember that, remember that definition. To go away, leaving something what? Behind. Hallelujah. To go away, leaving something what? Behind. Another definition says, to leave one by not taking him as a companion. Or to leave so that what is left may remain. Leave remaining. Hallelujah. It means that in this context of forgiveness, that if the life of a Christian, or let me put it this way first. Let me, let me just reverse back a little bit and say this. As a child of God, you have the ability to forgive. Amen. You didn't get me here. And when one does not exercise the place of forgiveness, you hold your own self in captivity. What did I say? If you don't know how to live in a life of forgiveness, you hold your own self in prison. Why? Because the definition I explained to you tells us in a nutshell that you have to what? Leave something behind. So if you still carry whatever the unforgiveness is, then you have not left it behind. The reason why Jesus Christ says, I will not, you know, count your sins any longer against you because when he came to put our sins on his shoulders, uh, he, didn't, he, he did not just keep saying, I will remember what mess you did yesterday. I remember you, I, re, I reminding you what mess you did yesterday. He's left everything behind on the cross. He nailed it uh, when Jesus said, it is finished. When he said it is finished, it means that he has nailed every unforgiveness on the cross. On the cross, what was nailed was, on our, was our unforgiveness. But Jesus Christ has forgiven us. Hallelujah. So the gospel of Luke chapter 11. What is it teaching us here? Forgiveness. And what is the nutshell of this context of verse 4 really means? It says, forgive us our sin. What that is telling us, for the sake of time, I'm not going to read every scripture. But what is that is telling us that one, Christ is the possessor of forgiver. It is only him and by him and through him that sins can be forgiven. Amen. 
Outside of Christ, you cannot experience forgiveness. Can I get a church here? I know some, some, I just remembered the recent, you know, messages. People were asking, what does this pastor like to say more? Can I get a church here? Outside of God, there is no forgiveness. It is only through him and by him that you can be what? Forgiven. Hallelujah. The second, and if you go to Isaiah 43, verses 25, I want you to read it when you get to your own house. Amen. The second point that Luke chapter 4, chapter 11, verses 4, teaches us is that we are the recipients of forgiveness. Now, 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 you may say, Pastor, what do you mean? Because he says, forgive us for our sins. As we also. It means that because you have been forgiven, you are then a recipient of one that can say, I have been forgiven. You see, sometimes you may not get your pastor. But you see, when I look at the fact that Jesus Christ forgave me, I can't hold nothing against you. I can't sit there for me to be in captivity. You can, you can do all that you want to do. In your mind, you may think you can screw me up. But what I came to tell you that you have set me free. Because as far as I'm concerned, unforgiveness and I don't know ourselves. Hallelujah. Because I am a recipient. I am blessed to receive unforgive to receive forgiveness. And because of that, Acts chapter 4, verses 11 to 13. Let me show you how it, it, it makes it practical. Acts chapter 4, verses 11 to 13. The Bible says, Apostle Peter, after they had been captured and they told them, the Pharisees and the Sadducees said, do not use the name of Jesus Christ any longer. The Bible says that, and Jesus, Apostle Paul said, and he, the stone you builders, the builders rejected, which has become the what? Cornerstone. Hear this. Salvation exists in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven Given to him, given to men, by which we must be what? Saved. Right? Mm -hmm. Now hear this, verse 13. He says that when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were marveled and took note of these men had been with who? Jesus, can I get a church here? When they saw the boldness that these were ordinary men, to them, they were just ordinary men. But when somebody is a recipient, is a candidate of forgiveness, that person is not any ordinary person because that person is no longer in prison. That person is free. And whom the Lord has set free, he has set free indeed. You don't have power until you have been set free. We are all from foreign land. And our countries, even though that was where we were born, were first taking ownership by other countries. You didn't get me. I want to bring this practical to our lives. Huh. Congo 
The people that raised up from Congo were Congolese. The people that raised up from Ghana were Ghanaians. But they had to fight for their independence. How can it be? That is the practicality of how we need to have the same determination to take hold of the kingdom of God. Can I get a church here? Because if those who were in, from all those foreign countries remain just as they were, we would have still been in captivity. You could not do anything on your own ability. You had to go through the government that was over you to do what you wanted to do. Can I get a church here? Am I preaching it to somebody? But when they received their independence, when they received their forgiveness, they were no longer in captivity. They had the ability to roam around. They had the ability to celebrate. I wish I had some Christians in this house that knows how to celebrate Jesus. Give a joyful noise unto Jesus. Mm. And you can take your scriptures and look at Luke chapter 4, verses 18. The third point of what Jesus Christ was teaching us in Luke chapter 11, verses 4, was that we also become the carriers to forgiveness. Meaning that now we can also give this forgiveness to those who are also in need. He didn't say amen. amen. I wish you would say amen to yourself. Amen. You now can also forgive others. What the Pharisees thought it was only God, which is true. It is only God that can, can forgive. But now God, through the Son, Jesus Christ, has made you a carrier that you can also say you are forgiven. And indeed, that person will be forgiven. Amen. Tell your neighbor, I am forgiven. I am forgiven. And, you forgiven. and you are forgiven. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Hallelujah. Amen. That means that forgiveness is not a matter of just saying, I'm sorry. Can I repeat that again? Forgiveness is not a matter of just saying, I'm sorry. Some of you become accustomed to just saying, I'm sorry. Before the person, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Forgiveness is not a matter of talking, I'm sorry. But forgiveness is life of power. Because if that life is serving to set others free from captivity, then forgiveness is carries a life of what? Power. So you carry power. To forgive others. But the truth is this. The Christendom. The church. Tell your neighbor the struggle is real. Ah. It's only real because many of us. As much as we say we have been forgiven. And we know that we have been forgiven. Yet we are not willing to carry the life of Jesus. Because if you are carrying the life of Jesus. Then that life tells you. That you are a forgiver. Amen. Yep. Amen. Amen. So you can forgive your brother, your sister. You can forgive your husband and your wife. You can forgive your bosses. 
Hallelujah. Walking around with unforgiveness is simply a life without faith. The reason why we walk powerless as children of God, I'm talking about Christians in general, is because faith and unforgiveness are not friends. Oh, can I say this here? I don't know if I'll get to all I want to get to, but I need to say this. You see, faith and unforgiveness are not friends. So that means that you may say that I am a child of God and I exercise faith. But because you're also a friend to unforgiveness, spiritually, because faith and unforgiveness don't get along, you don't see the evidence and the power of faith. Can I get it here? The reason why is that if you look into the scriptures, Matthew chapter 5, verse 24, the Bible says that if you are about to go and offer an, a sacrifice at the altar and you remember that somebody has offended you, you see, the act of sacrifice is an act of faith. But when you get to the altar and you remember that somebody and you and I or somebody have an issue, he says, leave it at the altar. Don't bless it yet. Don't speak on it yet. But go back and reconcile with the person. And after you reconcile, you come back. Because the only way faith is able to move through your sacrifice is if you leave the unforgiveness back there. And you tell your brother or your sister, I, you are forgiven. I am walking away. Because I am no longer holding this against you. Ah, I wish some church members knew the power to forgive. So because you keep walking around with unforgiveness, yet you still profess that you still have faith. Show me your deeds. Like Apostle James said. Show me your deeds. Because faith without works, my God, I wish I had a church that knew what I'm talking about. Faith without works is dead. So if your faith is working with unforgiveness, then it is dead. Because it does not work. Tell your neighbor, it does not work. But when you have faith and forgiveness, if you have faith and forgiveness, then whatever you touch, whatever you speak, he says he will hear your prayer. I don't want to do injustice to the word. Because where I need to go is very important. It's actually the meat of my message. This was the intro. huh? Yeah. This was the intro. Amen. Amen. You have received the introduction. Amen. I think it's necessary that we deal with that later. Because I, I, I know some of you may have to go to work. But uh, I need you to get it. Because we can't have a church. We're on forgiveness. It's, it's part of us. Let me just say it. So you know that the pastor has said it. Amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. I may not be. On TV, 
But once I have you here, I will give you what God has given to me. You can't let unforgiveness reside in you. Because what is in us, greater it is. The problem is that we have not understood God. Because if we have understood God, my dear sister, we will know that when we know and feel unforgiveness, we have to flee away. When you know your husband or your wife is doing something against you, that you find it hard to forgive, know that the problem is not that person. But you got to flee away from that unforgiveness. Because when you keep that unforgiveness in your life, then what happens is that you start to harbor a different kingdom. And that is the kingdom of this world. But if you harbor unforgiveness, that is the kingdom of this earth. But forgiven is from the kingdom of above. The Pharisees knew it. They were right when they said it's only by God that you can be forgiven. They were right. But what they did not know, that Jesus Christ came, that we shall be carriers of forgiving. That we can say, my brother, my sister, you are forgiven. Stop looking at somebody in a negative way. Stop judging somebody else and forgive them by going on your knees and interceding for them. I wish I could talk to the husbands here. Stop holding something against your wife because he, she helped you with a decision and the end result did not go the way you wanted it to go. So you keep blaming her and blaming her. But I came to tell you, forgive her. Forgive her. I wish I could talk to the wives here. But every time you always had, you have to be right. You have to be right. So always you have to be right. You have to be right. The last time I checked, I have to be right. I have to be right. But forgiveness says, forgiveness says, you leave it behind. You leave it behind. I wish you knew how to leave your right behind. Leave your right behind. And keep moving towards Jesus. Because you want to be right, you can't seem to forgive the person. My Jesus. Ah, yeah, ah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm not talking about you. This church, the Lord is here with us. We are cool. I'm just preaching to you so you can preach to others. Say, because I'm forgiven in Jesus' mighty name. You thought I was talking about you? I wasn't talking about you. Stop looking at me like that. Some people are looking at me, and they are looking at me in a certain way. Maybe right after church, offering is over. I have to get out of here because some people are saying, you are talking about me, man. What do you know about my issues? But I have to tell you the truth. Because this church has to prosper. This church has to be filled with the grace. Now it cannot associate itself with unforgiveness. When your pastor faults you, forgive him. When your sister faults you, forgive her. When your brother faults you, forgive him. What the last time I checked, we have to speak forgiveness. 
last time at church, we have to walk forgiveness. Because it's not just a speech of saying, I am sorry. But it's a life of power. The reality of this is that God's word has to be lived. And when it's lived, God just does things beyond your own comprehension. I've always said I'm closing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm closing because... Uh, <laughs> you see, can I bring it home? In my life, unforgiveness was one of my very good friends. Yeah. Because there were so many things. As a young man, I did not understand why. And it's either I was not trying to forgive God or not trying to forgive my parents or I was not trying to forgive those who were around me. You know, I bless my wife always because that's one of the things she's taught me. You know, as a young man, when I came to realize that I was a twin and my twin died, I really struggled with that. That God, how could it be? But later on, now I know he had to preserve me for such a time like this. You see, in the process of life, there's sometimes, there are so many things you don't get it. Then you start to question God and doubt God. Why has this happened? So even though you say you are a person of faith, yet unforgiveness is rooted in you. And many of the times we take those unforgiveness into our marriages, into our relationships, into our workplaces. And any time your boss does something against you, you can't seem to forgive that person. But when I learn about forgiveness in my own self, when I learn about it, the Lord has blessed me. Huh? I'm not just talking about just talking. But God has blessed me. You don't, you know, pastor can't always complain, you know. Yeah, he keeps complaining to himself. Me, myself, and my God. Me, myself, and my God. But if I tell you, if I sit down and tell you, some of the things God has processed, taking me through, where I had every right to not forgive people, but yet I couldn't help it but forgive them. And I remember that certain situation in my, in my workplace where, you know, somebody actually came and said, how can you forgive this person after everything that they have done against you? And I said, that is part of my life. And now I look back and I see how my God keeps opening doors, keep blessing me, keep blessing me, keep blessing me. Ah, oh, my God, there is power to forgive. There is joy to forgive. There is peace to forgive. I pray that this church will be built on forgiveness. I pray this church will walk in forgiveness. In your homes, demonstrate forgiveness. And you see the power of God. In Jesus' name, amen.